The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Told you in the last hour that we would give you some accolades. We're going to wait till tomorrow to get that in the high school hour so it stays in that uh, high school prep sports podcast. So we will give you those first thing in the morning tomorrow. Um, yeah. Before we get into our 10 o'clock guests, scrolling through Twitter as we are wont to do, the Ohio Valley Conference two minutes ago announced their inaugural postseason OVC Beach Volleyball Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a sport that's really picking up momentum and i know even here in middle tennessee i know zion christian has a graduate who i believe plays at southern miss that's correct Um, and they they did well i'm not i want to say they may have won the conference usa or something i'm not sure because I, i know that because it's such a young sport that a lot of conferences don't have it across the board. Two of the OVC's all stars are from Chattanooga. So um, I mean, Abby Wilson, Abby Wilson, that's it. She was named the CCSA's all tournament team on Sunday for her performance. They they beat UAB in the championship. It's, the CCSA, whatever that is, it's CCSA, CCSA, not I, CUSA. No, it just says. Huh. It, Again, it's probably like a merge. If, of, if they were using AP style, <laughs> we would know what it is because first reference would have given us that. Mm, but. Yeah. Well. Anyway, um, I just I just saw that and and was struck by mm. that. And like you said, it, it's picking up. We've got at least one facility here that that kind of caters to slash specializes in beach volleyball so yes they do yes they do um also real quick before we move on uh summit high school just tweeted that summit's own radio announcer is the voice of the titans (laughs) congratulations matt rogers and i said whoa now whoa Voice of the Titans. Whoa. The voice oh. of, is that what they said? The That's vo- exactly what they said. No, I that, said that title's that taken. Title's, that title is taken. And there Ooh. is but one Vot. <laughs> that, that, that title is taken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I just said to, you know, <laughs> slow setting your, the, setting slow your the record roll. state straight. Slow, slow your roll. Yeah. That's right. Um, speaking of Associated Press style, <laughs> we have on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with this, uh, this morning, AP. Sports 
editor in Tennessee, mm-hmm. Teresa Walker, and also TSWA Hall of Famer. So that's pretty awesome. And we're excited to bring her on because uh, we get to talk a little bit about said Titans, and we'll touch on the Preds of some sort. <laughs> so welcome in, Teresa. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Good morning, gentlemen. Teresa, have you ever played beach, beach volleyball? <laughs> no, I, I did have a meal in Rio de Janeiro across the street from where the Olympic beach volleyball stadium was uh, back in 2016. That's as close as I've gotten to uh, the sport of beach volleyball. That was Teresa's way of letting her, letting us know that she's covered that the she, Olympics. And that she went to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. About as subtle as a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um so tomorrow, Teresa, the NFL draft. Um, Titans as of right now are at twenty two. What do you what what are your thoughts? What do you think? What do you think J Rob's got up his sleeve here? Well, I'll say this. Uh, it, I'm keeping an eye on all the chatter in, involving Julio Jones. You know, there's talk that, uh, you know, the, the Atlanta Falcons are in salary cap mess. Uh, and they mm-hmm. probably can't afford Julio Jones. With, and there's so much speculation that he might get traded. Guys, especially, with minutes- the, especially with the, the tweet that came out this morning that they are, no surprise, picking up the fifth-year option on Calvin Ridley. Exactly. And A.J. Brown, just a few minutes ago, who currently wears number 11, (laughs) tweeted out that he would give up number 11 if uh, the Titans somehow managed to add Julio Jones. Uh, Now, I I will say this. I do think that, you know, wide receiver is a a position of serious need for the Titans. I mean, Corey Davis has gone to the Jets. Johnny Smith is with the Patriots. They've got to replace those guys uh, and, and the ability to catch the ball. I mean, this offense was uh, tied for second in, in most yards per game last year, fourth in most points. They've got to replace that production. Uh, it's why I've been thinking, you know, that <clears throat> I like Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss at number 22. Although, uh, you know, John Robinson talking to us Monday made clear that, you know, he's willing to shuffle around. You know, that this draft is deep, you know, between, you know, up to 100. He'd love to get some more picks in that area. And one way to do that would be maybe sliding back a few spots. You know, wide receiver is such a deep spot in this draft. They also need cornerback. Lord knows they need that. Um, more depth at edge rusher, linebacker, offensive line, shoot even a kicker. You know, so they've got a lot of needs with the nine picks they've got. Uh, the, the one reason I'm very skeptical on this Julio Jones thing, could it be an absolute fit? Absolutely. I mean, yes, I know that Julio Jones is 33, coming off a, an injured, you know, injury-riddled kind of season. Uh, you know, so I have a lot of question marks there. The biggest reason I just don't see that happening with the Titans is, you know, I don't know how they make more cal- uh, salary cap space, you know, yeah. to, to make that kind of deal happen. You know, they've got enough money to, you know, to, to, to sign their rookie draft class, maybe add a couple more, you know, uh, you know, veteran pieces at the minimum salaries. But to, to pull off a deal like that, uh, you know, you, you'd have to be get you know, and, and the reason the Atlanta Falcons are getting rid of them is to dump salary cap space. You're not exactly going to get them to do what Miami did a couple years ago and keep much of that salary on their own books when they're trying to unload it. So, uh, I, I'm thinking wide receiver early and, you know, probably they may end up getting two in this draft. Also, Teresa, if, if I recall correctly, the salary cap hit for the Falcons is about 
$8 million more if they make a draft day type trade involving Julio Jones than if they wait down into June. I think it was 15 in June and 23 now. Something like that. Uh, And and yeah, whatever uh, deal gets made, it's probably going to be dated like June 2nd to help spread that cap hit around for the Falcons. So now that said, NFL accounting can be very creative when it comes (laughs) to the salary cap. Mm -hmm. Um, But but they would have to be, you know, the Falcons and the Titans to get something done would probably have to be, you know, working the uh, books strenuously. That said, they do have Vin Marino in their front office, and he is just a whiz with uh, the salary cap. It's why the Titans hired him away several years ago from the NFL front office. So uh, if something could be done, I'm sure they'll find a way, but I just don't see that happening. That said, it's the NFL and anything, you know, whenever I count something out, it does happen, so I can't dismiss it completely out of hand. Yeah, I was gonna. I, that was kind of my thought process: was how do the Titans address basically the same issue there in that they have salary cap issues? So I, I don't think that that's it's even in the realm of possibility because I mean you just have to give a thirty-three year old injury riddled uh, Julio Jones too much guaranteed money. And a signing bonus. So, anyway, exactly. And we and we saw what happened. I mean, this is a team that you know we're throwing pieces like Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Kenny Picaro, Dennis Kelly overboard and cutting them because mm-hmm. they had to make cap space to make some of the moves that they have made. So and clear up cap, cap space. So that's it, it. You're right, Chris. It just doesn't seem like it's possible at this point. Uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. That's the beauty of the draft. You can suddenly go get some cheap players there. So I, I would just look for an NFL team that's got much more cap space to be interested in Julio Jones. And, you know, Titans interested? Sure. Can they afford it? Well, you and I, all, we all know that there's lots of things we'd like to have and we just can't afford it. I mean, who are the guys that the Titans could go after? Say Elijah Moore doesn't make it to the second time the titans pick if they don't take them in the first i mean there are some guys out there who are very similar in stature and style of play to Corey davis uh are there some guys that we expect the titans to look at outside of elijah moore well absolutely i mean you know and and that's the beauty we you know the fun thing about the draft is we just don't know how it's going to go we know Devontae smith uh jalen waddle jamar chase are going to go up early uh, then there's Rashad Bateman, uh, Rondell Moore, uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, Elijah Moore. There are so many, you know, wide receiver is very, very deep. Shoot, Josh Palmer of Tennessee. That's has where worked I was going. Way, yes. <laughs> that, he has worked his way up, you know, and for a guy that when he, you know, I mean, let's face it, anyone who watched Tennessee the last couple of years, you know, you're like, Josh Palmer, I know the name, but what has he done? And uh, all he's done through this offseason, especially at the Senior Bowl, and through Pro Day, you know, he's raised his uh, visibility up. I wouldn't be surprised if he is a second or third round pick. I doubt second, but he is absolutely in the realm of possibility as a third round pick. So, you know, and, and now I will say this, you know, the Titans have cornerback needs. So they could easily go cornerback in that first round. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg Newsom, Northwestern, Caleb Farley, if he falls to him, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see John Robinson try to trade up a couple spots to get a cornerback like that. Um, but you know, 
Josh Palmer is definitely a guy to be considered in that second round of, of wide receivers when they start coming off the board. Six two two ten. Yeah, we are speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. You know, Teresa, um, we had David Ubbin of the Athletic on late. late was it last week? Mm-hmm. And um, we we talked a little Josh Palmer and how he has kind of elevated himself, not necessarily into the second round, but into a second day candidate. But I want to get back to Devontae Smith for just a second, uh, and and. As you said, J. Rob has mentioned that we're we're willing to shuffle around, which has pretty much been the hallmark of his GM tenure at Tennessee. If you see Devontae Smith at around eighteen, nineteen, he's still on the board. As the Titans, do you try to go up and get him? Uh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't think about that for sure, Mo, because. I mean, we, we all saw him. I mean, as talented as he was, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner, you know, shoot, A.J. Brown cut a, you know, bit, you know, r- raving about Devontae Smith and how, how talented he is. So, uh, you know, and he's a guy who would absolutely fit. I know there's still there's concerns. And here's the fun part about the draft. You know, he wins in Heisman Trophy, puts up, you know, all these numbers with Alabama, and now there's concerns because he weighed 166 pounds. And it's like, you can put, you know, give the boy a stake, you know. You, you can, you know, a nice nutrition program. You can add some, you know, pounds to that young man and keep the speed and things. So if he is. Or you can gets, leave him alone and let true. him make plays. When somebody said on somebody said on Twitter yesterday, they said, if I was Devontae Smith and they asked me how much I weighed, I'd say 210 pounds with this Heisman Trophy in my hand. <laughs> so, That's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> but. But he won't be carrying that thing on the field with him. So, uh, and, and this is where you have to trust the tape. You know, this is such a bizarre weird year. You know, pro days replaced the combine. You know, so they, they you know, a lot of the, uh, the 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 judgment of players is off their tape. And if you turn on one game of, of Devontae Smith, you can see this kid, you know, running routes, making catches, and just being, you know tough to catch uh, from from the defensive standpoint. So, uh, you know, if he gets close to 18, I, I, I would have to think the Titans wouldn't be the only ones trying to maybe think about moving up to get him. And I'll just remind you, there's a – John Robinson's had like 21 trades since he's taken over as GM. Twice he's traded up in the uh, first round. Uh, most recently when he took uh, Rashawn uh, Smith, uh, no, sorry, Rashawn Evans. Uh, my last name is Smith in my private life, so I just sometimes I drop that in every now and then. But Rashawn Evans, he, he traded up a couple spots to get him from like 25 to 22. Uh, his first year, you know, after he traded the number one pick, you know, that he got 15 from the Rams, traded up to get to number eight to get Jack Conklin. So that was a leap of seven spots. So, you know, he has shown the ability to move up. He's done it a lot in later rounds as well. So when he sees somebody he wants, and he told us Monday that, you know, sometimes in the end, you've got all these boards, they've done all the scouting. In the end, sometimes it comes down to his gut in, in deciding, I this is the guy that we need for this team. I think that's kind of the thing is, you know, the positive for the Titans is at 22, they have – five positions that they really need to fill. The negative is they have five, five positions, positions they, they need, need to, to fill. fill. Yeah. So it's it's like, you know, when you're John Robinson and, 
you know, it's it's basically just, hey, are we going to take the the first guy that's available on our board? You know, no matter what position, or are we focusing on position rather than the guy? So it, it's going to be. Let's just say tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun. Chris, I'll guarantee you that whoever they take, wherever they take them, it's going to be the guy who was at the top of their board, <laughs> the guy they absolutely wanted, and oh, there's no they doubt. just had to take him. Exactly. So uh, be ready for that. Now, I, will, I, I do think, though, that the bigger need is at wide receiver. They've signed Josh Reynolds. They really like Nick Westbrook-Akina. You know, and, yes, they've got A.J. Brown, you know, pro bowler this last season. And I think everybody understands that, especially since he had both knees operated on after the season, that a healthy A.J. Brown is just poised for even more this season. That said, the playoff game against the Ravens where, you know, both of those guys, Davis and and, and A.J. Brown, were kind of dinged up and limited in that game. It was just too easy for defenses to just completely sell out and say, we're going to stop Derrick Henry. This offense works best when they've got the ability to throw down the field and they've got to replace not just Davis, not just Johnny Smith, but also Adam Humphreys who they cut. So I just see more need right now at wide receiver. Do they need a quarterback? Yeah. Uh, you know, Christian Fulton, their third round pick last year, uh, injuries are the only thing that kept him, but he still started two games as a rookie. So you can get a guy in that second round if you go wide receiver in the first round and fill that need. So bigger need to me still at wide receiver. Teresa, before we let you go, um, San Francisco's taking Justin Fields, aren't they? Gotta think so. I mean, I, I, I'm just not. I'm sorry, Mac Jones. They should. He, you know, I don't know if they're going to. I, I know it makes no sense. You don't spend the draft capital and go up that far, and if you don't know who you want, you know, you, you make that move knowing that it shouldn't be. Well, we're going to take a quarterback. We got to make this move and trade up. You've got to know that you're your specific player that you're going to get. Now, that said, again, it's the draft. I mean, you know, there was one year where Minnesota, you know, they're on the clock and they couldn't even get their pick in in time. So, and they've been training and preparing for that for months. So, thing, weird things happen in the NFL draft. I mean, so, you know, just stay tuned. I think we're all going to be curious to see who they take. If it's Matt Jones, you know, okay, you know, well, uh, you know, uh, just just ask the Chicago Bears how it is to you know to have taken a guy when you know you could have had a Deshaun Watson, a Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Yes, you don't want to be that team in a draft year. Ten years ago today, yes, the, the Kansas City Chiefs took Patrick Mahomes out of Texas Tech. How many? Wasn't ten years ago. So, no. deal. You you said there would be no math. Sorry, and six years ago. Yeah, sorry, six years ago. Six ten. Yeah, sorry. That's how I got I, to be fifty seven. I read. Well, it is your the seventh or eighth yeah. anniversary of what of your forty ninth birthday. I, I read that this morning, and I was like, that doesn't sound right, but maybe it is. It wasn't ten years ago. No, no, no it but wasn't. it was today. This is this is the anniversary of uh, <laughs> Kansas City taking Patrick Mahomes, and some might say it's worked out. Just a little bit. <laughs> so, I think they're pretty pleased with it. It's going to be. Uh, I'm telling you this. Uh, this draft is going to be one of the wildest drafts that we have ever seen. It's going to be really entertaining. I'm looking forward to it. Hey guys, the draft is always entertaining. I mean, now, remember it, it, this uh, one just feels more so. The, maybe because there's been less buzz around it. I don't know. I think it's the well, San Francisco confusion. draft that is. Cre- yeah. 
Yeah. Well, let's, I'm just remembering Laramie Tunzel suddenly showing up <sighs> before the draft started, <laughs> you know, video of him in a gas mask. Mm. And it's like, so, you know, and funny, I'll send you the video Mo, later, but somebody's making fun of that in a little NFL draft thing that's just hilarious. So, <laughs> you know, things are going to happen in the next three nights that you're going to look back and probably in three months, I mean, shoot, look at the Tennessee Titans first round pick a year ago. He's not even in the NFL right now. So, but what's uh, funny about that is the the clip of Isaiah, Whitson, uh, Isaiah Wilson getting drafted and the girlfriend in his lap and the mom snatching her up, that was one of the funniest things to come out of last year's first round. And now the guy's no longer in the league and we don't know where the girlfriend is. But uh, Yeah, well, maybe she's helping him with his rap music. <laughs> On that note. Teresa Walker of the Associated Press has joined us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Teresa, thank you so much for your time, and I'm sure we'll be catching up. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I'll send you that video. Do. You got my number. I do. All right, bye. It was four years ago in the 10th pick. That's where the 10 (laughs) came from. That's where the 10 came from. There you go. I, I remember reading it this morning, but the only thing that stuck out was 10. And I'm like, how did Mahomes fall to 10? But because it's only been four years. It's only been, been four years. And he's won a Super Bowl and he's possibly huh. one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. It's a whole thing. Wow. Time flies. <sighs> when you're having fun. Um, super excited to get to the next segment because there is something that I want to share with you and, and discuss with you about the Pioneer League. It's going to be great. <laughs> I think I saw it. Yeah. yeah okay. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about the Braves and the Pioneer League and their extra innings when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back in to southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint so happy to have you here with us on facebook on sm-tnsports.com on twitter on wkom 
Front Porch Radio as we come to you live from the Front Porch Sports Studios in Columbia. Columbia. I just like saying it. <laughs> um, it's time to talk some baseball. I got plenty to talk about. Uh, first, let's talk about some. Let's talk about something bad because I was just showing you Tampa Bay and Oakland last night. Tampa Bay a four <laughs> three winner over the A's. I wonder if this is the same crew that uh, missed the home plate tag. Uh, was that that was the A's right? Where the the replay? I don't remember if it was against the. Uh, I missed that. Oh, it was so did they so apparently. bad and replay too. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Chad Fairchild. <laughs> 83% overall accuracy, 85% consistency. And again, what's the most so he's important consistently thing? Consistently bad. Then, huh? Consistently <laughs> awful. His inside the zone accuracy, 76%. I don't know how you can be that bad. So that means he got three of every four right. That's correct. That were inside the zone. <laughs> In the zone. That's not good. No, no, it's not. How many how many players and managers got tossed in that game? <laughs> All of them. It, it wouldn't have taken me long. Uh, in the seventh inning, um, should have been a strike three call. There was a, a a ball up and in that that should have been a strike. And if it's inside, if it's on the inside corner and you miss it. That's on you because you're set up on the inside corner. You should be able to see that. Calls it a ball. Next pitch, home run. Two-run homer puts the Rays ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You you make up you make friends with a lot of pitchers with those kind of sequences. Looking at his Wikipedia because I thought I thought he had come through Nashville, but he has not worked in the um PCL. Um Thank God. But during the 2011 season, he was listed by the Hardball Times as having one of the smallest strike zones. And so I guess that hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, except for, I mean, I, I can't really, I, I wish I could show you guys. <laughs> but, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pitches – that were well outside the strike zone were called strikes. Again, his outside the zone accuracy was only 87%. It was just bad. He has worked in both major leagues since umpiring his first game on September 30th, 2004. Um, so this guy worked the 2006 World Baseball Classic. He worked the 2013 All-Star Game. And he's worked postseason games uh, last year. I don't know when this was updated, but does not list a postseason assignment for him last year. Worked wild card games and league championship series in 2019, division series in 11, 12, 15, 16, and 18. Worked in LCS in 2017. Worked the 2018 World Series. So. This is just further testament that of how bad you can be at your job and still keep it. I mean, baseball is the sport where three out of four will land you in the Hall of Fame. I guess three out of four pitches in the zone being called strikes is good enough. 
question was all those misses that you're talking about were they heavily skewed to one team or not or were they just generally no, everywhere bad just, <laughs> just, just, just uh, bad everywhere they, huh? they, it, it did skew toward the A's who lost uh the overall run differential but that one pitch that should have been a strike 3 ended up hitting a they got uh, hit a two run homer on the next pitch to put the Rays ahead so i guess technically anyway Let's talk about the good things. Okay, <laughs> yeah. The Pioneer League, an independent baseball league, has now announced that it will not play extra innings this year. No extra innings. Just not going to do it. It's going to take the ties. Nope. No. Instead, they will have a head-to-head, sudden-death home run derby. <laughs> a player from each, One player from each one team player. getting five pitches. One player, five pitches, whoever hits the most. Now, are they going to alternate, or are they going to get five Ooh, and then a, five? That's – I mean, because, you know, the shootout in hockey – Is kind of cool because of that. Yeah. I mean, that's a – I'm so tired of – Playing re- with baseball. Reply guys. Oh. Um, uh-oh. Anyway. I, I'm so tired. What's – all these speed up rules and and everything else. Why why do we have to keep messing with baseball? Um, it's an independent league, so let's not mess with pitchers. You you probably don't have a whole lot. So why are we playing fifteen innings when we can just hit home runs? And it's, and again, it's an independent league, so you gotta okay. Maybe I missed re- this. Who's pitching? Probably just BP. Is it a machine? Is it no, just probably, a BP pitcher. Yeah, probably BP coach. Well, you, you get your own pitcher. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. You probably your BP coach from yeah. the, from your team is probably the guy throwing to you. I, I guess you got to give people a reason one to stick around at a Pioneer League independent baseball game. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to the game, I'm rooting for a tie now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I am just bottom line. So, anyway, last night the Atlanta Braves did not need extra innings. They didn't need a sudden death home run derby. No, they just needed Ian Anderson, who was fantastic in every sense of the word. Shut out. The Cubs, I think, did he did he one hit the Cubs or did he have a no hitter through seven? I, I did not get to see that. Can't remember if he if he gave up a hit or not. Um, he did set a live ball era record though, according to friend of the show, Mark Bowman. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Ian Anderson posted a one point nine five ERA over six regular season starts and worked seventeen two and a third scoreless innings. In last year's postseason, um, let's see here. He now stands as the only pitcher of the live ball era who, within his first 11 career appearances, has produced three starts during which one hit or less has been allowed over at least six innings. Well, he threw seven innings of one hit shutout baseball last night, struck out eight. That's uh, This guy has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, and it, it, it certainly... Brings up the question, because someone tweeted last night, just give him the Rookie of the Year award already. Is he eligible? 
I don't know, but if he is, I, I feel like he probably is because I think well, it's again, an he's only requirement. Sp- he's only started eleven games in his career. Yeah, and that includes last year's postseason. So, so he probably meets the innings requirement to be considered a rookie, as it has started raining outside. I guess that answers your question. Yeah, uh, is it going to rain today? Yeah. Yep, it is. Uh, wow. Uh, so yeah, and then of course Ronald Acuna Jr., four hundred and eighty-one feet. He now owns the three longest home runs in Truist Park history. <laughs> that ball was torched. <laughs> I didn't see the game, but I did see that highlight later on last night, and it was absolutely crushed. I mean, he he walked out of the batter's box. I don't blame him. It was just like, oh, 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 okay. Holy crap. <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> that yeah, that's yes. exactly what it was. Yes, I did that. Look look what I did. Yeah. Jeez, it was incredible. Oh. Goodness gracious. A thing of absolute beauty. You know, and, and we talked yesterday about him getting hit. And I don't know if one has anything to do with the other or not. I'd like to think it doesn't. But if if you hit some of those balls that he hits, I think you earn the right to look at them. And if you don't like him looking at them, don't throw him those pitches. Yeah. No doubt. The the fact that the Braves, I guess, no better pill to cure an ill than the, the Cubs. Cubs coming to town. Um, really a good a good time for that too. Yeah, one the Braves are are the only NL East team to win a game last night. By the way, so we're now. Half a game out of first wow. place. For, for all the talk about how good the NL East is, huh? And I, I think they are. I just think it's it's just one of those things right now. Meanwhile, the Braves can get to 500 for the first time this season tonight in a 620 start against these same Cubs. Waskar Enoa, 1-1 one one with a 3.68 ERA, takes the mound for the Braves. They will be facing Kyle Hendricks, and we know how that worked out the last time. 1-2 um, mm. with a 5.68, <laughs> and much of that 5.68 is attributable <laughs> to one innings to work. the Braves. <laughs> um, that game, unlike last night's, can be heard on our sister station, WKRM-FM 103.7, pregame starting at 5.05. So, check in for Ben Ingram, Jim Powell, Joe Simpson, some combination thereof. Um, 5.05 pregame, 6.21st pitch as the Braves try to win the series. Yeah, they, 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 will, get to clinch, 500. they will clinch the series tonight and uh, with a win. And then they will also get a chance to play one more Tomorrow. against the Cubbies. If they win tonight, then they'll go for the sweep. Tomorrow. Get out the brooms. If you, if you win today, that's called a winning streak. There we go. It yep. has happened. It has happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we wrap up this segment, want to give you this day in Braves history. Today? Today. This day. This day. This day right here. Okay. Um, April 28, 1961, 
five days past his 40th birthday, three years before my first. Um, Warren Spahn becomes the second oldest pitcher, only behind Cy Young's performance at the age of 41 years and three months to throw a no-hitter. Hank Aaron knocks in the game's only run as the Braves beat the Giants at County Stadium one nothing. Spawn insane. And pray for rain. Man, Warren Spawn was something special, wasn't he? He was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Just before we get out of here, because uh, I have to throw this out there, because I just saw um, our friend Matthew White tweet a, he quote tweeted a Bruce Feldman tweet. Kansas coaching search is close to wrapping up, per sources. The front runners are Lance Leopold and Jeff Munkin. Did Danny White even call Lance Leopold? I have to assume he did. Didn't he hire him at Buffalo? Uh, clearly he didn't. If Lance Leopold is interested in the Kansas job, he was definitely interested in the Tennessee job. What makes Lance Leopold a better a better candidate than Josh Heifel? Uh, because he's actually won. Look, here's my thing. If I'm an up-and-coming coach like Lance Leopold is supposed to be, why do I take Kansas? Or Tennessee. But yet, here we are. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, that's interesting. (sighs) Congratulations to Kansas if they get either of those two. I mean, Jeff Munkin's not a bad hire either for Kansas. Jeff Munkin is not a bad hire. Uh, I mean, what he does offensively would really fly in the face of everything that the Big 12 stands for, I think. But, um, you know, you may you may have to do something that different at Kansas to have a chance to be successful at Kansas. I think that's kind of the thought, right? I mean, let's let's go in there because let's go they, run the triple option in the Big Twelve. I mean, as bad as those defenses are, <laughs> it could work <laughs> with only one week to prepare. I mean, it's, but the flip side of that is we've seen Jeff Munkin associated with so many different openings. I mean, maybe he just likes West Point. Yeah. But he's a finalist, according to Bruce Feldman. So, well, we'll see. All right. Um, if you have any interest, uh, just throwing this out there, there's a free event the Nashville Sports Council is hosting uh, with Holly Rowe, and she will talk with Alicia Clark as part of the Women in Sports virtual event. It is a free event. You can get it at Na- at Nashville Sports on Twitter. They have a link there. Uh, former Mount Juliet and MTSU standout, current With w- Belmont in between there, with, by the way. Well, yes, and, uh, <laughs> and, and current WNBA star, Alicia Clark. So mm-hmm. that should be a really good conversation. So It should be. Holly Rowe does a really great job. So, yeah, check that out. Again, at Nashville Sports on Twitter has a link to the free event. Uh, so, join them. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. We'll give you the wildest and weirdest news from across the world right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around. Mm-hmm. 
If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, along with Mo Patton, Coach Mike on the controls. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday here on the show. Final day of the week that we have Mo in studio. Hope he will be somehow tuning in over the next couple of days, at least for a little while. Um, we would appreciate that. And of course, it's Mo's birthday, so I may have to call in and heckle Matt. That's a good tomorrow. idea. That's a good idea. You should definitely do that. Yeah. Um, Matt Rogers, the newest Tennessee Titans public address announcer really happy for him that's really awesome and 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 to me i thought he was the best option of the six they had um i don't love that style of public address announcing but the style that they're asking them to do right yeah and i don't think that's going to be a consistent style i mean you're still going to have you know welcome to nissan stadium uh here are the rules kind of stuff. And then, of course, you know, Derrick Henry runs for eight yards, tackled by, Mm -hmm. you know, J.J. Watt. That brings up second and two from the Titans, 23, or whatever. You're right. I mean, you're still going to have just that simple stuff. But there's a lot of things that they're going to – that they have asked them to do that I guess they have an in-stadium person for – to do the hype stuff, but I guess you still need to get folks fired up. Whatever. Not my personal favorite, but they didn't ask. They didn't Who ask are we us. and what do we know? Yeah, they didn't ask us. So, no. I'd be interested to know how much the public vote had to do with the decision, if anything at all. Or if it was it, just... it was it was a very small percentage mm-hmm. from what I understand. Okay. More of a more of a possible tiebreaker type. Probably. Wait. Probably. Yeah. Uh very, very little to do with it. So mm-hmm. all right. Um it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, so hit it, Maestro. Not quite that loud. Yeah, there we go, right there. That's good. That's good. That's what happens when we're like we're doing commercials at one level and we're doing other stuff at another. It's a whole thing. Um, it's all right. So you guys, um, you guys still got late fees from Blockbuster or Movie Gallery? <laughs> uh, I used to work at Movie Gallery. Fun fact. Um, 
if you still have some late fees from those places, you might want to check uh, check the, your warrant history. You, you may want to try to pay them <laughs> before there's a warrant. Um, twenty. A woman in Texas just found out that she had an outstanding felony charge from more than twenty years ago over a VHS tape of Sabrina the Teenage Witch that she never returned. The video store went out of business in 2008, and the county has decided to drop the charges. Oof. Nice of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a felony. That's how long she had it. It was a, it was felony money. I think she was more embarrassed that it was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Exactly. <laughs> they were like, you know what? We're not even going to make you go to jail because that's embarrassment enough that you rented a Sabrina the Teenage Witch VHS. I think the full story was that like she rented it for her boyfriend's kids one weekend or for her stepkids one weekend or something like that and thought he took it back. She had no memory of renting it. Quote, yeah. I had lived with a young man. He had two kids. I'm thinking he went and got it and didn't take it back or something. I've never watched the show in my entire life. Just not my cup of tea. Yep. So, yeah. I think most of us would agree with that. <laughs> it's nuts, man. That's just... Um, I, there was a guy when I worked at Movie Gallery who would come in every Friday and bring his movies back from the previous Friday, except that we only had five-day rentals, so he had to pay late, late fees every single week. <laughs> it was... Maybe he just couldn't get there on Wednesdays. Well, it, it just... It, he was the owner of a restaurant, like, right down the road. It's not like he just didn't pass us every day. But he only came in on Fridays, so it is what it is. I eventually I just like started crediting him the late fees because it didn't make sense. So anyway, that whole renting movies just seems like such a foreign concept now. Now, now, yeah. Well, it sounded great at the time. Oh, it was fantastic! You didn't at the have time. to pay the. You didn't have to go into the theater and you, you get all that messed up. You could watch it when you wanted to watch it and all that stuff. Video games were my favorite. You know, being able to have different video games. So, anyway, but when I was renting video games, it was one and two night rentals, and if I got to get a video game for two nights, oh man, I was fired up. <laughs> yeah, it was huge, huge. Uh, anyway. So uh, next time you're at uh, you're at Target in Apex, North Carolina, not Apex Bank with Danny with Danny Bingham, but uh, if you're in Apex, North Carolina, and you're in the Target, and you might be looking for some baked beans, just be careful because there might just be a snake crawling around back there. I saw I saw that I saw that report on TV last night. Yeah, uh, that was that's kind of. Just a random snake in the in, in the store. They never it's, did say what kind of snake it, it was. It wasn't. It's not poisonous. It okay. looks just kind of like a little garter snake. But that was that was something. <laughs> just be careful. Is all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying. You guys, neither of you guys have tattoos, right? right. So I, I have the one. I have the one that has. If you see it on, I have never understood the idea of sticking myself a thousand times with a needle in a foreign in, in foreign substances. So I, I have a very small tattoo on my wrist that matches a very small tattoo on Sarah's wrist. Um, that's that's it. That, that's, yeah, my daughters did the same thing. That's it. My daughter did. That's my all I have. Yeah. Um, but if you are going to get a tattoo, make sure to check 
the details of said tattoo. <laughs> my brother, on my 25th birthday, decided he wanted to go get a tattoo, and he did. He's going to get Philippians 413 on his arm, right? Well, luckily, there were a couple people there who uh, weren't drinking and said, Hey, um, you might want to check that because that says Philippines 413. Yeah. Spell check is your friend, huh? Uh, spell check the sober person. Pos- positive, positive. But a 24-year-old woman named Bree Pritchett took a trip to Sedona, Arizona to celebrate getting fully vaccinated last month. She wanted to celebrate by getting the latitude and longitude coordinates of Sedona tattooed on her shoulder. She got north and south mixed up, so now she just has a spot in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> just a random spot in the Pacific. So, In the middle of the water. In the yeah. middle of the water. Now she's got to make a pilgrimage to that spot just so she can say she's been there. <laughs> And finally, there's... What are those coordinates? No idea. <laughs> and finally, a guy who had 35 girlfriends gets busted for fraud after getting them all to buy him birthday presents. Today is your day, Mo. You should have had 34 <laughs> girlfriends. Um, trust me. One's One enough. <laughs> oh, man. Poor guy. He got, he got busted. Now he's facing fraud charges. But 35 girlfriends... And he got $1,400 in gifts, give or take. And uh, How is that illegal? It, it's, I guess it's fraud of some sort. I don't, I, I don't know. Where is this? Japan. Oh, okay. So, anyway. All right, that's going to do it for Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Brought to you by our friends at JJ's Barbecue on Hatcher Lane. Make sure to go see Julie Destiny and the rest of the gang over at JJ's. They're great folks. Serving up delicious barbecue since 1998. We'll be back, same bat time, same bat channel tomorrow, 9 a.m. here on WKOM, Facebook, Twitter, and WZYX in Winchester tomorrow. So make sure to check us out. It will be um, Matt Rogers, myself, and Coach Mike as Mo Patton will be on the road. So happy birthday, Mo. Have a great trip. Enjoy it. See you all Monday. And he'll be back on Monday. So, again, join us. We appreciate it. SM-TNSports.com. Check out the podcast if you missed any part of today's show. For Coach Mike and Mo Patton, I'm Chris Yow saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Talking high school sports daily on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today with Chris Yow. I'm Maurice Patton, and this is 101.7 WKOM Columbia. I think it's good.